0: You are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: I read uh, the Proverbs to keep me honest. I read the Acts to keep me on fire. And if you were as sour as I am, you'd need the psalms, and if you were as crooked as I am, you'd need the proverbs, and if you were as cold as I am, you'd need the acts, and since you are all three, you need them too. But I was reading through the proverbs the other day, I read most of the proverbs one day, and I came to this passage and it arrested me, and it made me feel mighty good. My son, give me thine heart. It's a wonderful thing to be wanted. It's a wonderful thing to stop and think that God wants me and you. The other day, all a couple of months ago, Mrs. O'Brien gave me a buzz and I came back in the office and said, Brother Hiles, she said, uh, Senator Birch Bayh just called you. First thing I thought about, I wonder if the income tax form was filled out right last year, Senator Bai just called you. And uh, I was going somewhere else, and I said, try to get him on the phone, and she couldn't. And so a few days later, she said, uh, Senator Birch Bai tried to get you two times today. And uh, I thought, now what in the world does he want, you know, with me? And then I was leaving one day and going to New York State, and this is... uh, uh, O'Brien said, Uh, Senator Birch Bayh tried to get you again. So he's been trying to get you for days. So I got from a motel room in New York State and I called long distance from New York. And uh, I, uh, I asked for Senator Birch Bayh. The secretary said he's in, a, he's in a Senate committee meeting now and he can't be disturbed. So I said, Okay. She said, Whom should I tell him to call? And I said, Tell him that Dr. Jack Hiles called. Oh, she said. Well, I'll call him out of the meeting because he'd want to call him out of the meeting to talk to you. I said, well, "I guess so." And uh, so, uh, uh, anyway, uh, I said that very softly. And uh, so, anyway, uh, and she 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 got, got him out of the meeting and got him to the telephone. And uh, when I hung up the phone, I thought, I don't think folks realize exactly how important I am, but. Uh, he was, uh, he had a bill he was introducing to the Senate, and it had to do with delinquent boys, runaway boys, and he wanted, uh, my opinion on the bill and so forth, and he sent me a copy of it, and I read it and wrote back my opinion. But, um but you know, it, it's always nice if somebody of some importance wants you, and especially if they want you enough to keep trying, and keep trying, and keep trying, and keep trying. And keep trying. And that's sort of the way I felt when I was arrested by this proverb. My son, give me thy heart. Now, that's interesting. Usually, it's the creature that says to the creator, give me. But in this case, it is the creator who says to the creature, give me. God tells us he wants to give us things. He, he, he reminds us to come and say, give me. And that's perfectly all right. God wants us to do that. I was reading a book the other day. Some preacher said, uh, just come and spend time in the presence of the Lord. Don't always say, gimme, 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 gimme. That's a very, very pretty thing to put in the book, but it's not true. God wants us to say, give me. God loves to give us things. God delights to give us things. And he does say, delight thou seest also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Call unto me, and I'll answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. God wants us to say, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But in this case, tis not the creature saying, give me, to the creator, tis the creator saying, give me, to the creature. Listen, this is the great benefactor becoming the petitioner. It is the great giver becoming the receiver. It is the owner becoming the tenant. It is the provider becoming the beggar. It is the satisfier becoming the seeker. The door is seeking entrance. The living water is thirsty. The bread of life is hungry. The way gropes for you. And the fence of peace is fighting to get you. What am I saying? I'm saying that this is an inversion. You we come and say, dear God, I want food. Dear God, give me this day my daily bread. Dear God, give me and care for me and bless my family and bless my home and bless my job and bless my needs and bless my health and give me and give me and give me, and that's good. But God says that, the fact that you come and say, give me, give me, give me, give me. He says, every once in a while, I have a right to say, give me. He says, give me thy heart. Now why would God want your heart and mind? For your creatures of dust, simple creatures, just a little hunk of clay or dust made into a human being, just a spot on eternity, just like an act, a small scene, a big, a long play. We just come for a while and make our appearance and then we're gone and somebody else fills our shoes and fills our pulpits and fills our houses and drives our cars and sits in our furniture and sleeps in our beds and somebody else uses our earth and enjoys the shade of our trees. We just come for a season like a vapor that vanishes away, like a sign on the highway, like the grass that flourishes in the springtime and is brown in the falltime, like the flower that blooms and for a while it blooms and then it sheds its petals. We're just here for a while. Why would the great, divine, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, creator of the entire universe want you and me? Only one answer to that. He loves us. That's the only answer to that. He loves us. Um, love seeks after love. One who loves another wants to be loved by that other. One who who who, 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 who likes someone else wants to be liked by that someone else. And because God loves you, hey, God loves you. God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. Oh, you say, hold it, preacher. I'm just a teenager. I live in the ghetto in Chicago. Uh We don't have much to eat. We have rats, the biggest Shetland ponies around our house. Uh My mom doesn't care much about me, and my dad's a drunkard. Maybe my mom and dad is divorced. And... And I'm just a little ragamuffin' kid. I know, but God loves you. But you say, sure you don't understand. I'm just a little boy, eight or ten years old. I have to make it on my own and make my own living. I don't have an extra pair of shoes. The pair I've got has a hole in the bottom. I don't have a decent coat to wear in the wintertime, and I'm the dumbest kid in the class. Um, yeah, I know, but God loves you. God loves you. God loves you because God loves you, he says to you this morning, give me thine heart. Paul oh, you say, I don't believe God loves me. Okay, if you don't believe that, you give me one valid reason why God wants your heart. Tell me, why would God want you? Why would God want me? He's too rich for us to make him richer. He's too great for us to make him greater. He's too good for us to make him better. He's too strong for us to make Him stronger. He's too glorious for us to give Him any more glory. Tell me, why would God want you other than one simple fact? He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. If we gave Him all of our goodness, it wouldn't make Him any better. If we gave Him all of our riches, it wouldn't make Him any richer. If we gave Him all of our strength, it wouldn't make Him any stronger. If we gave him all of our wisdom, it wouldn't make him any wiser. If We gave him all of our knowledge, it wouldn't make him any smarter. If we gave him all of our glory, it wouldn't make him any more glorious. If we gave him all of our greatness, it wouldn't make him any more any greater. If we gave him all of our power, it wouldn't make him any more powerful. God does not need anything from you. There wasn't a while I hear somebody said, boy, that beautiful girl, if she'd just give her heart to God, God could sure use her beauty. No, God usually uses the ugly girls. Hmm. Sorry about that, choir. <clears throat> Sorry about that, Ms. Colston. Uh, God usually uses the ugly girls. People say, oh, if, 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 if that fella, great, big, strong, husky fella, six foot four and 240 pounds and broad-shouldered and narrow-waist, that big hunk of muscle, God could chew yours sure him thing about that. God hardly ever uses fellows like that. Name me one great preacher in America who's like that, Besides me. And think of, think through the great preachers in America. Think through the men of God. Think, think through them. Think through the men whom God is using mightily what I'm trying to say is God doesn't need your strength. God made Niagara Falls. God made the world. God holds the sun and moon in place. God is the God who holds the universe in place. God doesn't need your strength. God wants your heart because God loves you and wants you to love him. God doesn't need your beauty, he made the daffodil. God doesn't need your beauty, he stroked the rainbow. God doesn't need your beauty, he made the sunset. God doesn't need your beauty, he made the beaches. God doesn't need your beauty. He made the lakes of Minnesota. God doesn't need your beauty. He made the painted desert. God doesn't need your beauty. He made the Rocky Mountains. God doesn't need your beauty. God simply wants you. Now, do was our standing? God has made it so as that he uses you. And in God's plan, he's made it so as he cannot carry out his plan without you. And in that sense, God needs you. But God didn't need to need you in the first place. God loved you and God wanted you to be a part of his work and so God made himself need you so he could know how much he you could know how much he loved you. Um God wants you. You know it seems to me that if the God of the universe suppose uh, when uh, I uh I Mrs O'Brien said the Senator Verse I called you, I said, never mind. Never mind. Just forget it. Suppose the phone rang tomorrow morning, Mr. me and said well, the house said that President Ford's on, on uh on the phone. I said, President who? She said Ford. I said, what's he president of? She said United States of America. What's the name again? Ford. Ford. Of course I don't like Ford's anyway, and uh and uh but uh uh Ford, Ford, he's on the phone. And I said, I'm too busy to talk to him. Wouldn't I be a fool? Not, not one-tenth as big a fool as you are when you're too busy to give your heart to God. God says, give me your heart. You say, I'm too busy for an insult, for an insult. God says, give me your heart. And you say, I, I, I don't want it. I want to give my heart to somebody else. I don't want God to have my heart. You crazy idiot, you, you lame brain. You fool good night in the morning. God of the universe. God, the Creator. God, the majestic Father of the all the of all the world. God wants you. You ought to say, My, 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 God wants my heart. Here it is. It's the God of heaven wants me, certainly I'll give him my heart. I don't mean, know why we don't. I'll tell you I'll tell you how big problem. The reason we don't, we don't believe in God. I mean, most of us just do not believe in God. You think if you believe in Matthew 6.33, you'd worry? Huh? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Food? Clothing? They're good worrying? I'm we're not going to get, you know, I've, I've been just sick of the death. I've been hoping folks have quit eating sugar for a long time. Nothing in the world ruined this country anymore more than sugar and communism. But sugar, it's the worst thing in the world folks to eat. It's rotted our teeth, ruined our health, taken away our wind. First thing a coach in the football or athletic coach take you off of is sugar. And so what's happened? <laughs> we can't afford it. And I'm just worried. I've been crying and crying and crying about that. Uh, and then the, the chocolate bars are going up so high. It's almost impossible to get the necessities of life anymore, isn't it? So it's almost impossible to afford a Hershey bar. And uh, what am I saying? I'm simply saying that that I have no sweat, no worry. Why don't worry? Why don't worry? My Heavenly Father watches over me. It's not business. It? Now when he gets busted, I'm going to be worried. You say, I've been putting some money in the bank for a rainy day. Hey, hey, listen for a minute. Where are you going to put it where you know you can get it? Huh? Stop. Where are you going to put it where you know you can get it? I'll put it in the bank. Anybody here here live in I.V. 2930? Huh? Put it in the bank. Fellow fellow said, "Well, my money is safe. It's secured with the United States government." <laughs> that, that's funny. I'd rather Charlie Brown secure mine. I'd rather McDonald's hamburger secure my money. The United States government. Listen, brother. There's not a corporation in the whole world as broke as the United States government. And if the bank, listen, if every Bank in Hammond went, but they drive. If every Bank in Hammond went broke. You wouldn't get your money. No way, no you. Your money's not safe because of the bank. And it's not safe because the government... Listen, the, the government is supporting it. The government is behind my money. Well, God's behind mine. What are you going, what are you going to do with it? What well, do you say, I do want to do it. I'll put it in government bonds. <laughs> when you kiss it good, when you, when you, when you, when you pay, do the money... Kiss it, goodbye. You say, you against the government? I'm against this high-spending, bureaucratic, debt-incurring government. Of course I am. And the government says, uh, don't go in debt. Don't spend your money. Uh, You say, Brother you're off on politics. No, I stay on politics all the time. Just get off on the gospel every once in a while. And uh, and by the way, God's in the Old Testament, God's prophets always did warn against such atrocities as this. What I'm trying to say is this, the government says, save your money, save your money, save your money, save your money. And I want to say, if you looked at our books lately, the government, well there's not a bigger spin-trip in the world than the United States government, nobody, listen, nobody in the world proportionately is in debt for the United States government is, I'm simply trying to say, you had better not put your trust for food and clothing and shelter in the government. What you better do is give your heart to God. What you better do is let God have it all. What you better do is say, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. Listen, brother, when this depression comes, and it's coming, and when this famine comes, and it's coming, don't you, listen, you get my tape. I preached about five years ago on the coming famine. Back yonder when nobody thought we'd have it, you get my tape. You get my tape on what the sermon I preached on the coming famine. I'm sure you could order it after service tonight, or in in the tape room over here. But you get that tape, and you you listen to what I had to say about the coming famine, brother. It's going to come. It's going to come. Why? Because our Lord's going to come back pretty soon, and that's one of the things that's going to happen during tribulation period. And uh, and uh, the fact, the truth is that the oil shortage is a part of the tribulation period. And the sugar shortage is a part of the tribulation period. And the wheat problem is a part of the tribulation period. Now what I'm trying to say is this, if you want to eat during the coming famine, if you want to live and have provision during the coming famine, you better give all you have to God Almighty. A fellow that doesn't have one dime in the bank, not one dime, not one dime in the bank, but gives everything he has to a living God and, and claims God's promise to Philippians 4.13 and 4.19 and Matthew 6.33, that person is in far better shape financially than the multi-millionaire who hasn't given everything to God. God said he wants your heart. It just, but the truth is, we don't believe it. If you believe this morning that there was somebody somewhere who made the universe... If you believe there was somebody somewhere who made the mountains and made the rivers and made the lakes and made the oceans, and you believe that person wanted your heart. He wanted to live with you. He wanted to have you as his friend, They loved you. Well, you'd run down these aisles so you let him come into your life today. But you don't believe in God. You don't believe God can take care of you when the famine comes. You don't believe there's a God in heaven that wants you. God says, Give me thine heart. What you say for the hills, I'm already a Christian. I've given Jesus my heart. I'm already saved. My name is written in heaven. I'm going to heaven. I've given him my heart. Now if you haven't Oh, listen. I uh, the little lady, um Art Snyder, one of our deacons, goes soul winning every week. He had in his report this morning. The uh, visits he made every week. I by my office and slides under my door. A little piece of paper with the names of all the folks he visited that week and the addresses and and the ones he won the Lord. And uh, a little young a l young lady, 19 years of age, got saved recently. He wanted the Lord on the Saturday, and uh, and she she decided she wanted to become a soul winner and she testified uh, to her, to her, her. She she was the landlord and she testified to one of the. Married ladies in the room with her, they're both here this morning, I'm sure, and she got her saved. And I asked a little uh, lady, I, I asked her on the radio today, uh, for our nationwide broadcast, I said, why did, you, why did you get saved? She said, I've been thinking about being saved. I said, you married? sudden said, I'm divorced. I have a little baby. I've been thinking about getting saved. Well, why did you think about getting saved? Well, she said, I've just been thinking about it because of the world's ambition and the shape the world end. Oh, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. The best financial minds in the world today don't know the way out of the mess we They don't. I mean, the president and the cabinet and the bankers and the financiers and the Harvard scholars and the Yale scholars and all the rest of them are just as perplexed about the shape of this country as you are. Now, you better, you better, you better shake yourself. Some of you men who think because you make a good salary and got some the money back, like, you better shake yourself, brother. You just you're just one depression from being as poor as the fella in on Skid Row tonight. <laughs> just one. So you folks who think, well, I've got enough for a rainy day, I and mean, say something, brother, you, 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 you say, well, I'll, I'll put it in, in stocks and bonds. I'll put my money in real estate. No, the honest truth is. Back in the Depression days, the millionaire became the pauper and stood in the same soup line. I can recall my dad and and I used to stand in a line to get some yellow cans of hash. He'd take a toe sack. You know what a toe sack is? How many of you know what a toe sack is? rest of you poor ignorant Yankees don't know anything. It, you call them burlap, burlap bags. You call them toe sacks. they not this kind of toe, but this kind of toe, you know. And uh, my dad get toe sacks. Take it down to the to the uh we call it the relief, called welfare now. And we'd stand in line to get get some food to eat, some yellow cans of hash. And in that same line, in that same line There'd be a person that was uh, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars but lost it all. Lost it all. You know one of the good things about the condition of this world is we're gonna find out whether it's a God or not. Yeah we are. Yeah we are. And you wait, God's people who love God and have been witnessing and been believing God and believing this book and trying to live for God. You wait, brother, so Uncle Sam can't take care of you. Then we're going to find out who Uncle Uncle Sam, Oh, God takes care of his people. What I'm trying to say is you better answer the call of God who says, Give me thine heart. But you say preach, I'm a Christian. He also asked for your heart. One of the tragic things is so few of us have hearts. God wants your heart. If you're saved, God wants your heart. If you're unsaved, God wants you to say, here's my heart, I believe you. But if you're saved, God wants you to put everything you have, your heart, into his work. To give without your heart is abomination. To pray without your heart is mockery. To sing without your heart is sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. To work without your heart is an insult. To teach without your heart is ignorance. To preach without your heart is hypocrisy. To serve without your heart is fraud. To witness without your heart is forgery. I'm simply saying, God says, I want all of you. And God has a right to all of you. But that might get my mouth open, right? But God has a right to all of you. He wants all of you. All your heart. Check the Bible sometimes, hundred times. He says, serve me with all your heart. Follow me with all your heart. Read my word with all your heart. Love me with all your heart. Follow me with all your heart. Obey me with all your heart. I was down in Indianapolis uh, preaching with this great convention they had recently. I preached on uh, Monday, night, Monday night in Indianapolis. When I finished preaching, I was out in the lobby, and I walked up behind a bunch of preachers who gathered around the huddle and talking about me. Well, I thought they had a wonderful subject, so I thought I'd listen to what they said. And one preacher said, how does he do it? How does he do it? And the other preacher said, I don't know how he does it. And one said, he's not really a great preacher. I kicked him in the pants. And the other said, "He he really is not very deep." And then I just sort of listened carefully in the crowd as about five or six preachers talking about me, and uh, they sort of criticizing. Well, I just don't see it. There are a lot better preachers than he does. He is that, that just don't won't get near done what he gets done. And the churches, I don't see it. What is it? And one little preacher, about that tall, just a young preacher. He hadn't said a word yet. And he started wiggling and wiggling and wiggling. And finally, they kept saying, What has Hiles got? What has Hiles got? And this little creature looked up at him and pointed his finger at all their faces just like that. He didn't know I was there. So I enjoyed this. I don't tell you what he's got, but none of you guys have got a heart! A heart! (laughs) He turned and walked off. And I said, "Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You know, the honest truth is, many years ago, I faced reality. I faced the fact that I was not a great orator. I faced the fact that I was not a great scholar. I faced the fact that I didn't have a great deal of talent. And so I figured I was going to have to give it all my heart if I made it. And that's it. You know preachers that give it all their hearts and have a heart have full buildings, while scholarly preachers that don't have a heart have empty buildings? Did you know preachers that, that preach simple little sermons who have hearts have great crowds and preachers that preach profound sermons with no heart don't have great crowds? Give it all your heart. All your heart. All your heart. Whatsoever thy hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. That's it. That's the way you build bus routes. That's the way you build churches. That's the way you build departments. That's the way you build anything, whatever you do. Whether you're building a baseball team and your name is Charlie Femley or building a church and your name is Jack Hyle, the secret, give it all your heart. You little half in, half out, half on, half off, half hot, half cold, you little lukewarm Christians that just sort of come in and tiptoe in and sit for a while and tiptoe out. You never will do anything big for God. You never will, you never will, you never will, you never will until you say with all my heart, I'm going to serve God. That's that's the secret. That's one reason why I try so many things. You ever see how many things I got my finger in? Well, I heard R.G. Lee one time preach. Every time I hear him preach, I want to quit the ministry. Oh, we should have never started the ministry. And I was talking to R.G. Lee one time and I and to Chase. But, 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 but I, this is this what I thought about when I heard it last time. And that's it. I can't preach like that. But if I can get my fingers in enough ties, I might make up for the difference. Think all, think all the stuff I got my finger in. Bill Hardy says, Hiles should never go to Milan, Italy, because you try to straighten up the entire tower of Pisa. But, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to get the job done for God, and if I'm not the greatest orator, and if I'm not the greatest scholar, and if I'm not the greatest teacher, and if I'm not the great the, 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 uh, a, a man of great debt, what can I do? I've got to just stay at it all the time, all the time. You know that Mrs. Simpson, the way she plays those bells—that's what I'm talking about. You know, she got a bunch of bells here, and she's picking out one and ringing those things all the time. That's what I'm doing. I pastor, I preach three or four times a day, every day, I write books, I got schools, I made a record, I send out tapes, I'm on nationwide radio. Why? You say, you think you're pretty hot. Well, I think I'm pretty cold. It takes a lot of different things to keep me hot. I'm trying to give it all I've got I'm not trying to give it more than somebody else can give it. I'm not trying to give it more than, be better, better than somebody else. I'm just trying to work and work and work and so give it my life and my soul and my heart. So when I face the dear Lord, I can say, dear Lord, I did not do as well as he I, in this area. I didn't do as well as he in this area. But dear Lord, I gave it every single thing I had. I gave it all of my heart, I gave it all of my soul, I gave it all of my mind, I gave it all of my body. God says He wants your heart. Some of you Sunday school teachers ought to be ashamed. You ought to act, act absolutely be ashamed of yourself. Never visit a class member when God wants your heart. Don't spend 10 minutes in preparation for your Sunday school lesson. It's no bigger than it was them. You took it off. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. That's not what God wants and that's not what God deserves. God deserves the very best you have. He wants your heart. You say, what right does God have to my heart? He has this right to your heart. He gave you His. He gave you His. It's called to my attention as a young preacher a beautiful, beautiful truth. When they had taken our Lord before the high priest, the high priest had delivered him on to the to Pilate. And Pilate tried to wash his hands of him or tried to get rid of him and send him on to Herod. Herod jested with him and asked him a few humorous things and sent him back to Pilate. Pilate was wanting to release him because Pilate's wife had had a dream about him and warned her husband to have nothing to do with this man. Pilate was afraid of the angry mob and so he decided to deliver Jesus to the angry mob and he washed his hands as if he could of the blood of Jesus Christ. They beat him with a cat of nine tails and stripped his body and beat him till his body was so marred that you could not even tell his body was that of a human being at all. And let's put it down in a socket, and there's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, hanging as a common thief on the cross. you recall the mockery? The laughing? Here's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Here's the King of glory. And yet this King of glory, the King of kings, has no throne blah, 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 but there comes. For your heart! You won't give it to him. Young people, listen to me this morning. He has a right to your heart, and you're crooked if you don't let him have it. You're his by creation. You're his by purchase. You belong to him. But you said, it's my life. I'll live it like I want to. Two things wrong with that. It's your life, and you won't live it like you want to. First place, if you choose to live it like you want to, it won't end up like you want to. Did you know that when you die... One of these days, you're not going to have to face the president. When you die, you're not going to have to face that those kids that make fun of you at school. When you die, you've got to face Almighty God! And you'll be barefoot, ragged, hungry, Texas kid Jesus said give me your heart take all he's given me in return think what he's given me in return hey I got a of clothes on this one it cost $175 <clears throat> $175 Russell Anderson bought it for me in San Francisco one day I got a tie and He bought me this tie. This tie cost $15. $15. As Dr. Rice says, I said, this sure's a pretty tie. He said, this face, it sets it off. I said, yeah, that face, that's off firecrackers and burglar alarms and everything else. But that uh, tie, $15. Russell Anderson bought that for me in San Francisco. I got a pair of shoes on. <clears throat> cost $46. I was down in in uh Kinston, South Carolina. Somebody bought them for me. Hey, that's pretty, that's pretty high class stuff, a poor little kid that went barefooted the first ten years of his life, isn't it? Huh? you said, Well, you're you're pretty lucky. Lucky enough, and I gave him my heart and he's been he's been dress, dressing me up ever since. Old Dr. Bill last went to a barber shop in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. <coughs> drove this, drove a big uh, Ford. Uh, pardon the expression. Uh, tornado, the Ford Tornado, Thunderbird, Thunderbird. Yeah, a big Thunderbird. Uh, in, in, and got out of it and and he had on a uh, $200 suit of clothes. All all of these things given to him, of course. He gets out in his big cowboy boots and his big $200 suit of clothes and big cowboy hat and walks in. A barbershop's full of people. Dr. Bill has a seat. One old loud mouth buzzard looked up and said, Yeah, you're a preacher, ain't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, look at that car you got. You're of Thunderbird, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I sure do. Bet that suit cost $200. Dr. Bill stood that up. The best I am, I have. I got it because one day I found the best bargain in my life. I gave him my heart. Kids, kids, the best deal you'll ever make. You give him your heart, you'll never be sorry. Young folks, you just let Jesus have your heart, you'll never be sorry. Why does etc. I've now. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you, fella. Businessman, man in the middle of life, with all the perplexities and fears, <clears throat> knowing that most of your days are spent. God loves you. God loves you, lady. Maybe your beauty has faded some. Maybe up your up in senior years, the face that was once smooth and beautiful is now wrinkled and the brow is furred. Maybe that uh, body that once was in such good shape maybe it's now sagged a bit and the shoulders stoop. But God loves you. God loves you. God loves you, lady. God loves you, teenager. God loves you. Of all the temptations of life, God loves you. All the burdens of life, God loves you. All the frustrations of the teen years, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you, gang member. God loves you that live in the ghetto. God loves you, teenager on dope. God loves you, teenager who's tried to find happiness with illicit sex. God loves you, teenager who's been drinking liquor this week. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you, child. God loves you. God loves you, barefoot boy. God loves you. God loves you, poor child. God loves you. He wants your heart today. He wants your heart. And that's why he says, so emphatically, give me thy heart. I wonder how many would say, Brother Hiles, I may not be what I ought to be, but there was a day in my life where I gave him my heart to trust Him as my Savior. I received Jesus into my heart one day, and I know if I died today I'd go to heaven. Of that I'm very sure. Would you lift your hand please, all over the great building, upstairs and down? You may lower your hands. I wonder who would say this morning, Brother Hiles, I could not raise my hand on that request. For I have not yet received Jesus as my Savior. I do not know that if I died today I would go to heaven. I want to know, I want to go to heaven when I die, I want to be saved, but I don't know that I am, I wish I did, I wonder if on the main floor, this main floor level, I wonder who would say for the house I don't know that I'm saved, but I wish I did, I don't know that I, I would go to heaven if I died, but I wish I did, pray for me, would you lift your hand please, lift it way up high, on the main floor, yes I see you, who else? On the main floor, pray for me. I don't know that I'm saved. Yes, I see you. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Who else would say include me in the prayer? On the main floor, I don't know that I'm saved, but I wish I did. Lift your hand, please, would you? The balcony on my left, primary one, high school two, junior one, and all the adults up there also. Junior high two. You say, preacher, I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I wish I did. Pray for me. Would you lift your hand, please? Pray up I... Yes. Who else? Yes. On my left. Who else? God bless you. In the center balcony. I wonder who would sit with the house and include me in the prayer. I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I wish I did. Pray for me. Lift your hand in the center balcony. Back in the back. Way back in the back. Junior three and the adults there. Raise your hand if you don't know that you're saved. Would you please? And I'll... Yes, God bless you. Who else? The balcony up here on my right, junior high one, junior two, primary two, high school one, and the adults up there who would say, Brother Hiles, pray for me. I don't know that I'm saved, but I wish I did. Pray for me. Would you lift your hand, please? Where well, I? God bless you. God bless you. Who else? Yes, God bless you. Back in the corner, I see you in junior high one. God bless you. Who else? Who else? God bless you. I see you in the primaries. I see you in junior two. Who else? I see the junior highers. God bless you. Yes, I see you. God bless you. Our Heavenly Father, I pray you'd bless these dear ones this morning. Thou dost love every one of them. And thou dost say to each of these, Give me thy heart. Give me thy heart. I pray this morning that they will receive Jesus as Savior. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, Would you, right where you are, say these words to God this morning? Those that raised your hands and those that should have but did not, would you say these words right now? Dear God, Dear God, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I know I'm a sinner. And I know that Jesus died for sinners, and I give you my heart. Would you? Would you? Now we have some trained people here who would like to show you exactly what it means to give your heart to God. If you this morning would say, I want to know that I'm saved, I want to know that my name is written in heaven, I want to know that I'm God's child. When we do sing in a minute, I want you to leave your seat. I want you to come to the nearest aisle and down the aisle to the front. If you're sitting upstairs, I want you to come to the nearest exit. In fact, I want you to just start coming right now if you're upstairs. Just start coming right now. Just stand up and come toward the nearest exit and down the stairs and into this uh, this main auditorium and down to the front. We can show you how to go to heaven. We can show you how that you can go to heaven when you die. If you're here this morning and you've been saved and have not yet been baptized, then you come for baptism. If you want to join this church by transfer, then you come for church membership. But if you do not know that you're going to heaven, hear the voice of God this morning as he says, Give me thy heart. Give me thy heart. And why does he want your heart? He loves you. 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 Praise God, He loves you. Thank God, He loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you. He loves you. And so this morning, when we stand and sing, I want you to leave your seat and come to the nearest aisle, down the aisle to the front, and let some experts here show you, let us show you how you can go to heaven when you die. Father, bless the invitation. Bring people from all this great crowd this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we stand, come on, in the balcony, come on, right now, come on, just start right now, on the main floor, start now, come on, toward the aisle, down the front, and obey the voice of God who said, give me thy heart, give me thy heart, give me thy heart. Why don't you say, oh God, if thou the great God of the universe wants my heart, here it is. Here's my heart, oh, take and see that, see it for thy courts above.
0: Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.